Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Inner Gamer episode 100. Charge! <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> we are your weekly dose of video game news, reviews, opinions, and discussions. My name is Devin DeRee. I'm Austin Morales. I'm Brayton Oski. And I'm Luis Trumpeteer Gonzalez. <laughs> This week, uh, today on the Intergamer, we are so happy all of you are here. This is episode 100, and we have a lot to talk about this week. We talk a little bit about some games we played, uh, some of the gaming news, but the big thing this week is we are with our episode 100. We're going to go ahead and do our games of the year, our favorites, our most hated, uh, everything from indies to game development to music to performances to RPG shooters, action adventures. We're going to cover. Literally all of that, and I think that uh, sums up pretty well for our right. episode 100, right. don't you think? I think so. 100. I do. And stay tuned for the end of the episode where we announce some special surprises. We got some special announcements and surprises at the end of the Might podcast. Might have a giveaway. May Will we? Will we give something away? Brett is pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> Giving away his unborn child. <laughs> You're not supposed to rule the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Somebody well, cue the music. That say that. I think that's a good segue. Let's go ahead and cue the music, Brett. Cue the music. Cue the music, Brett. You're Brett. Yay. It's cued. <laughs> yeah. It's done. It's done. In 100 fucking episodes, you couldn't get this right. <laughs> just, you, you I'm not saying what. No. It's just, what? It just it hit the, you hit the stop button now, and that's where you stop and you put in the music. <laughs> Welcome to the Here we are, guys. Oh, there. Yeah, that's we've what we'll made start. it. Yeah. We are. We've made it. Episode 100. We did oh it. God. We made it there. 100. 100. 100, and it had to be today that I lost my fucking voice. <laughs> the day that you lost your damn voice. It's such garbage, man. Like, <sighs> this doesn't leave a good impression. That's supposed to get sick, People man. are going to remember this as the sick. Ep- it's like Michael Jordan's sick game uh, against the Jets. Is it the Jets? Oh, Jazz man, it yeah. It's my sick game, except I'm probably not going to. I'm not going to put up a score. I was like score winning baskets throughout yeah, the entire game. I'm probably not going to do that, but. Yeah, I'm sick, so I apologize for my voice being all raspy. It's okay. It sounds kind of cool. You know, you got like this, a bro. this deep. You guys sound like a bro. Yeah. yeah. So, bro, why don't you tell us about the PS4 Pro? Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, I I I was fortunate enough to find a PlayStation 4 Pro for three hundred and forty nine dollars on eBay. Shit. Yeah, it was a good deal. It's freaking insane. That's Fifty dollars off. Yeah, exactly. And now, uh, well. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be past Cyber Monday. <laughs> um, but there was a deal for three thirty nine uh, PS4 Pros. But I got the PS4 Pro last week. You heard me talk about the KS eight thousand Samsung fifty five inch four K HDR television. I put those two together, and magic appeared on my screen. PlayStation Four Pro. If you don't have a PlayStation, that's the PlayStation you get, hands down. Even if you don't have a four K TV. It runs faster. Everything boots faster. You get more speed. It uh, looks really nice, too. It look, yeah, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. Uh, it's all matte. Matte, matte. Matte finish. Matte, matte finished. Same material as the original PS4, just no glossy garbage. They have like this really cool reflective PlayStation logo on the top. Uh, it has three USB ports, so for PSVR, that helps out quite a bit. Uh, like I said, it runs a little bit faster. 
uh, more storage. The storage also boots faster. The internet uh, Wi-Fi card is faster. It accepts and uh, puts out faster speeds. So everything across the board is just upgraded. Um, in terms of uh, RAM, it's got quite a bit more, and uh, it outputs 4K and HDR. And um, for those of you who have 1080p TVs, doesn't matter as much. But uh, PlayStation 4 Pro has about 40 games that you can play with a PlayStation 4 it's Pro support, some of which uh, are more complete than others. Right. Right now, I'm just going to give like, I'm going to give it like an eight and a half. It's pretty awesome okay. to be able to stream like YouTube 4K videos, which are incredible. Are they? Uh, now Amazon and Netflix are 4K compatible on the PS4 Pro. Um, so is YouTube. So that's three apps that you can stream 4K content from, which is pretty awesome. Uh, games wise, I played Rise of the Tomb Raider, which has every option you can think of. It has an HDR option, 4K option, uh, actually no HDR option. It's a 4K option, a faster frame rate option, and just an enhanced visuals option, all of which are incredible. The enhanced frames option um, boosts the cap to 30 to about 50, in some cases 60 FPS, which is really, really nice in a game that has as much action as Rise of the Tomb Raider. 4K is incredible. The lighting is incredible. Uh, enhanced visuals does some very interesting things as well. Other games don't even tell you what's going on. For example, The Witness you just start off and it says, you have an HDR TV. Do you want to see shit like in HDR? And of course <laughs> oh you can. Like, yes. Press yes. And then continue. I clicked it and I'm like, uh, I'm like yeah, God, yeah, this I game is freaking amazing. Uh, and you'll hear more about it later when I talk about it for uh, one of our awards. Uh, that said, PlayStation 4 Pro isn't a necessary upgrade. If you have a PlayStation, if you have the disposable income and you are able to flip your current pay PlayStation um, for a good chunk of money, say at a GameStop or to a buddy of yours or on eBay, I highly recommend you do it. It's much more enjoyable with the 4K TV. Um, the controller is a little bit better. There's really just an, uh, improvements across the board. And uh, who the target market is, you don't really know. Uh, but for people going into the holiday season, having options of a more expensive PS4 and a cheaper PS4 is nice, uh, especially if you're getting said console for someone who is known to be a gamer. They might appreciate something like the ps4 pro a little bit more right uh, i give it a dig for sure um again it all comes down to what kind of money you have in your pocket and uh if you're willing to shell out maybe you're needing an upgrade for a tv uh then it would go perfectly hand in hand with the new system like the pro i don't know what the scorpio is going to be i don't really care much for it because i'm not a big <laughs> uh xbox guy and uh what the pro is doing Devin's uh, like i'm gonna i'm gonna hurt you I it's okay. I'll be honest. I'll, be honest. I'll probably end up getting the Scorpio, but seeing what the pro can do, like, I don't really, I'm not really itching for anything more than that. So unless right. the Scorpio comes out and says, this is fulfilling its major need. Yeah. Like if the, if the Scorpio comes out and says, everything is going to be 4k 60 FPS, everything like, and games like are like the way that things are getting patched now for PlayStation. Yeah. They're getting picked. It kind of sucks a little bit. Sometimes they don't tell you what's going on. Sometimes they do. It's really just a case study right now until someone figures out what is the way to do it, and then everyone will do it that way. Um, that said, I don't think uh, getting a pro is as bad as people were saying it was going to be early on. Like I didn't want it at first. No, you were, then, you really you were pretty vocal about going against it. Yeah, and it's 
don't knock it till you try it. I tried, and I think it's a nest, not a necessary upgrade, but it's a nice upgrade. It's yeah. just like yeah. getting. It's like the if you've the, got if you've got the, the 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 funds to throw at it, do it. Yeah, I think it's actually more of like a six to a seven in terms of iPhones than a six to a success, like some people are saying. Um, but yeah, I, I, seeing what it can do is very encouraging in terms of what console games can do in the future. Whether or not we need any more than this, I don't know. But at that price point, you really can't argue against it. And uh, yeah, if you have the opportunity, grab it and did, go. Did you play VR? You did play VR. I did. Yeah. Uh, how, was, how does that compare? It's very, very clean. Really? Everything is cleaner. Uh, I'd say the frames are a little bit higher as well. Okay. Um, it boots way faster. Nice. And uh, you know how it outputs in like 720p on your screen? Right. That's now 1080. So Oh, sweet. Yeah, so now it looks good. So now it doesn't like... Cause did, you, did you have the issue where you would like get out of PSVR and your resolution would be all jacked up? Well, the restart? resolution is still jacked. Um, okay. The screen is also has the, the bars on the side. Okay. But it at least looks good on your screen. Like it, it looks 1080p because 720p upscaled is not good. Right. 1080p upscaled is okay. I mean, it's still good. And of course, 4K, whatever. But that's not <laughs> a problem. That is one thing though. Uh, because the breakout box for the PSVR is not HDR compatible, when you plug in the PSVR to your PlayStation the way you have to do it now, if you do it with the Pro, you can't get HDR, but you can transmit 4K. That's just a cable thing. Okay. So that's one thing that sucks, but that's just a stupid oversight. It's not that much of a hassle. But yeah, PSVR Pro is awesome. And there are a ton of games you can play. So uh, if you know someone who has both, go try it out. Sweet. That's awesome. So I'm glad I'm glad I am really glad to hear that you're liking it because I know you spoke out so like not like adamant against it, but you were like very lackluster about meh. Mm -hmm. It's and it's also adequately sized, but that's like it's pretty portable if you'll call it that. Like it's about the same size as the original. Right. Which is pretty incredible. That is that is three years and we're able to do this. Um so I went back and played a lot more Timefall too, and a lot more Battlefield One. Yeah, and I wanted to kind of briefly update my thoughts on those games. Battlefield One, I still love. The campaign's fantastic. I'm really enjoying it, having a great time. I finished the tank one. I've started the plane one. Um, I played more s- multiplayer. Uh, I died a lot, but <laughs> I had a blast dying a lot. It was it was so much fun. And yeah, I still love that game. It's 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 great. To the contrary, Titanfall Two, I have now played through half the campaign, and I'm pretty just kind of underwhelmed. It's it, it was fun at first, but then the gimmick faded, and then it just became a kind of a generic shooter campaign with standard environments and the only thing it has for it is the fact that you have the funny interactions on occasion between you and your titan and other than that i mean it's very standard kind of a single player campaign i was kind of disappointed by that i mean that that game is still largely about the multiplayer but i mean comparatively to battlefield one like I don't know if I want to. I mean, if you can get it under $30, I'd say get Titanfall. Mm-hmm. Try it out. I think it'd be fun to play for a little bit. But I'd much more recommend you get spend your money on Battlefield. You're going to get a much better experience across the board with that game. So the Battlefield has the lasting power and yes, a, a, a subtle fear in the back of my head for Titanfall was that it was going to be a little gimmicky. 
but unfortunately, none of my other friends have gotten it at this point, so I have no reason to get it right now. So oh, thanks. You don't want to play with me? I see how it is. I see how it is. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Anyways, I don't. I don't blame you. So that's my thought. Right on. Well, I finally got to get to another game I've been wanting to play, and I'm glad you did. I'm curious to see what you think about this. Oh man, um, very emotional game. Uh, I got to play Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, a uh, basically walking simulator game, uh, not unlike Gone Home. Um, and, uh, you know, I really, since you've told me that you want to play it, I really don't want to spoil anything on it. I, I, uh, I will say I'm glad it was a free download. Right. And um, because these free downloads are kind of what exposed me to some new content out there in the gamer verse. And uh, very pleased. Very quick, very very short experience, I will say. But how long do you how long did you clock into it? Because I stopped playing it. I didn't finish it because I got bored. How far did you get? I want to say an hour, hour and a half. I, I, I got like. about I got about three. Okay, that's why I figure. I figure yeah. it's about a three hour experience. Yeah, it's about a three hour experience. Now I love the way that they show you the story. Yeah, as you walk in, you see those lights flowing through, of and course. it's like interact. It's reenacting yeah. this mo- these moments. Like that's you're looking so cool. in, you're, yeah, you're looking into the into wi- like a, a window through time, and you're seeing the past, and you're seeing people and their stories, and you know it's it's a great experience. I I'm glad I did it, and I think you should too, especially since you know you put some yeah. time into it. Um, I, I would recommend you finish it. I'm, I, I, I can understand where you, where you said that you got bored an hour in because after a while you're kind of like, I, I, I get it. These people are, no yeah. longer, I get it. But once you finally get to the ending, it, there, there, there is some understanding of why and how, and, uh, it, it pays off. So, um, everybody's gone to the rapture. It was a PlayStation, uh, plus uh, game for free. So, um, I, I I suggest doing it. If if for anything, it's a great experience for three hours, and um, yeah, it was fun. Awesome. Definitely well, a one and done. So like, <laughs> right. if you're gonna spend money on it, make sure it's on sale because it's a one and done game. Awesome. Well, I mean, that's pretty much all we got for video. Yeah, games. not much big on video games that we played this last week, other than games we've been playing. We kind of have year. a massive, massive game of the year segment <laughs> coming up, so yeah. I think Stay it's tuned. fair to take a break and uh, yeah. come back and talk about some gaming news. Right on, real break. You're listening to the Inner Gamer. So Black Friday happened last week. Yeah. And while a lot of people are buying video games and console systems, yep. I kind of purchased a computer, a MacBook Pro. <laughs> maybe. I know, I know. Maybe. Yeah. And Don't just just admit it. Admit to your faults. Admit admit to your consumer whore. I admit that that was that you're a consumer one of the whore? Best purchases I've made in a long time. I was very satisfied. Oh. And let me tell you why it was one of the best purchases I've ever made. Because there's this thing on the top of it. You know the function keys that are on a keyboard that you like never use unless you want to like make a joke about somebody and be like, oh, dude, bro, press Alt F4. It does something awesome. And then it closes your game. Yeah. yeah. Well, nobody ever uses the F keys hardly ever. Most of the time. Most of the time. I mean, sometimes you use it. Well, Mac went in there and changed it to have a touch bar along the top that has interactive keys based on what you're using and you can actually scroll through and all this cool stuff so naturally there's people out there that are like i'm gonna hack this and make it do something even crazier 
So you can now play Doom, the original, on your MacBook Pro Touch Bar in <sighs> wonderfully awesome 2170 by 60 resolution. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, have, I have to quote Jeff Goldblum on this, all right? You were so concerned with wondering if you could that you didn't stop to think if you should. And why would you do this? I I think it's a proof of concept. Okay. Because <laughs> everybody wants to put Doom on something. You could definitely put Flappy Bird on that and go yeah. to town. They, I mean, they put Doom on the Apple Watch when it came out. They were like, check this out. You can play Doom on your watch. But like, speaking oh, of shit. could and should, how much is this laptop? I'm not going to tell you. No, go ahead. Go ahead, So Brett. let's just assume it was $2,000. What could you buy with $2,000? What you could, could buy? you buy with $2,000? Well, let's think of all the cool games that were discounted. $20 for Doom. Ooh, you could buy 100 copies of Doom. You could buy 100 <laughs> copies of Doom. You could pay for like half a semester of college at UT yeah. or, a co- or semesters at community college. You could put a down payment on a car. You could. But instead, you, you bought a touch bar with Doom on it. <laughs> Well, you put it that way, it doesn't sound so good. But no, that's really awesome. That is no, it's really awesome. I, I mean, it was well over $2,000, though. But it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's an amazing See how proud he is of that? No, it was well over $2,000. And I, I do a I'm lot sure of stuff great. on it, and it's it's pretty fantastic. I've worked. I've already spent 10 hours on this laptop. That's more than I've spent on a video game in the last, like, three weeks. So, <laughs> hey, that's pretty impressive. fucking mind. God. He's just been looking at it like... Mm-hmm. He's just mm-hmm. staring at it. I was working on our website, so it was, <laughs> okay. it was, it was making me... Oh, that's cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it, though. You should get... Side to note, that's, that's a thing coming that's down later. later on. That's later. <laughs> mm, a little bit of teaser in there. A little mm. teaser. Oh, what? Um, so, yeah. Guys, Mass Effect. It's coming out soon. Mass Effect is coming out soon. Mass Next Effect year, Andromeda. Sometime. Hopefully. Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, mm. Mass Effect Andromedon. 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 Um, Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. <laughs> uh, so if you guys play Mass Effect, which Devin did not. Louise, did you play Mass Effect? I played the first one. Which I think Damn, is okay. you guys. Sorry, man. Like it was just one of those games that got away from me. I mean, it, yeah. it was just hey, one of those well, games I that got away from me. By no, means, me. by no means do I knock it. it promise was me you go back and play Wait, it before. I will. The right. Isn't it you who's never played a Pokemon game? No, no, it's him. That's oh. me. I'm. I never okay, played yeah. Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Let's shit on. Pokemon. Let's shit on Devin. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Well, no, no, it's okay. It's all right. So one of the things that's really weird about Mass Effect is that whenever, especially in the last one, because you your your ship was like two levels, and there was a bunch of different rooms you'd go into, right? And every time you go into a space, you had to go through a loading screen. Like if you got me off. you went in that's an already elevator, piss me off. You went into an elevator, and that elevator was like we're going to load now because you're in an elevator and that's how you transition. So if you were like downstairs and want to go upstairs to talk to somebody just for a brief moment, just to complete this dialogue tree, you'd have to wait for a loading screen to happen. Well, the new ship is not going to have loading screens and that's awesome. So I'm just fascinated by that. (laughs) I mean, we got freaking doom touch bars and then now we got this lack of loading screens. Like, 2016's awesome. <laughs> I don't know, man. A lot of <laughs> shitty stuff happened. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's we literally true. elected the devil into the white op- the White House, and that's pretty terrible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got that's what you say, man. Interesting fella up there. I'm sure, there's. Um, a, I feel like we're missing something big game related. Yeah, we are. Are we what missing something be? big game related? Oh, oh, that's right. You remember that shitty game you guys bought? Maybe. 
That one called No Man's Sky? Oh. Wait, 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 wait. No Man's Sky? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that forgettable. Uh, no Man's Sky is, um, guess what? It's not gone, surprisingly. But there is a huge No Man's Sky update um, arriving that's going to add base building and making a huge amount of changes to its overall game. This is like an overhaul for the game itself. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge overhaul. Yeah. Basically changing the game entirely to maybe something that it should have been uh, from the get-go. I'm, it's possible. and you know, Too little I, too late, in my opinion. I want to know what happened because there's a lot of stuff that they put in here that sounds really good. And I'm like, if this was in the launch trailer, I'd be like, hell yeah. What's some of the awesome. new stuff? Um, so they're adding different game modes. Yep. So they're going to have the traditional normal mode. And then you're going to have a creative mode, in which case it is free roam, creative, explore. You don't get chased by those stupid sentries that want to kill you all the time. <laughs> you just build and create, like Minecraft. You know, that's that's what you do. And uh, then they have survival mode that makes it much more challenging and harder to play. And I don't know what that all entails, but basically you got to survive. So they're like pulling in some like arc survival evolved stuff into this thing or something like that. Um but they're adding base building, and that's the big thing. In that you can create a, you can set up a home base on a planet, and you can build this out much like you do in Fallout Four. Build these little facilities, or much like you do in Minecraft. You know, you can go through and build the build whatever you want. And I was watching the video where they were showing off the video creation or the building base building creation tools, and it looks pretty good. I mean, you can build rooms and hallways and all kinds of stuff really quick. And um, you can build, like, hydroponics labs inside your place. You can recruit aliens to, like, stay at your place. Hmm. You can um, add storage containers to hold cargo. You can... um, Sounds like some really cool stuff Yeah, that they should have had in launch. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... Definitely not wrong there. So much. So much stuff. So Here's my question, though, for you, since, you know, you're obviously very excited about this. Do you think it's enough to save the game? It's tough. <laughs> now, and he he came out. Sean Murray came out and was like, "This is the foundation. This is why they called the foundation update. This is the foundation of what's to come." And I think it could save the game, but here's the deal: this obviously can't be it, and this stuff has to come sooner rather than later. Because, like we talk, I mean, like you know, if you guys play Minecraft, like it started out as very basic yeah. and then, I mean, it's grown and grown and grown so much. Yeah. And now it's like huge. Billion Everybody dollar loves industry. It. It's like all the kids play it and everything. So this I has that it. potential. I mean, cause the framework, the groundwork that they have is pretty solid. I mean, we saw what destiny did where they came out and it was, we shat on it and then it grew into a really solid game. And this has a massive universe that you may never you will never see everything in the game. And um, they apparently changed the way that they developed the scenery and stuff like that or the the world. So it's going to be a lot more uh, interesting to look at and a lot less blah and repetitive as you're traveling from place to place. So I think it has a lot of potential. I'm not giving up on it yet, but I'm still probably not going to get it until the next update <laughs> and see what that is. Yeah. Just to see my, what they're going to do. That's my assumption right now and i i'm i'm throwing out my prediction for this is that this update will be good don't get me wrong this is a great update this is what this is something the game desperately needs i don't think it's going to be enough to bring fans back yeah i I don't think this is going to be 
enough for people who were scorned by spending a lot of money and getting their dreams absolutely crushed when this game didn't live up to it. And this is, it's too little too late. Yeah, so... But that's just my prediction. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, actually. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong, too. All I right. Mean, I, hope, I hope so. But In more I, mean, ways I, I want sure. this game to succeed. I really mm-hmm. do, because I think it had a lot of potential. And But it's just... It's not... It's not potential. It's not. That's, <laughs> it's just, not that's enough to say. It's not. Yeah, so good luck. Hello good luck, games. No Man's Sky. I hope you can succeed in bringing this back. And um, I'm, I'm they, Brett they, will remain cautiously optimistic. I will remain yeah. cautiously pessimistic. Exactly. Yeah. They did fix the inventory, though. They made it to where you can like quick mm-hmm. grab inventory stuff, which is kind of nice. So you yeah, don't have to like quality of life stuff. definitely improved with the update. Yeah. I think a lot, like you were saying, some of the algorithms changed. So a lot of the stuff that people were upset with lack of variety, same planets, same plants, same animals, all that stuff has <laughs> changed quite a bit. But some of the game modes have already made a splash, and that's that's heartening in a way. Yeah. So I hope that uh, twenty bucks—that's what it is now. You can get no man's twenty bucks. For twenty bucks, <laughs> insane. Hey, beats Battleborn five dollars. Like I know, sure dude. I saw that's so the- painful. Man. Yeah, I just picked up Battlefront today for ten dollars on that's PS4, well, so I could like play the <laughs> X-wing thing because that's exciting. Yeah. But speaking of uh, X-wing stuff. We need to talk about the video game releases for next week before we move on we to the are. final segment. Yep. Ooh, We've got some video games coming out next week. We this this may be the last big week we have before yeah. the end of the year. I think we have. I think it's the last one. Yeah, I mean we have. Well, we have Last Guardian. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's coming. Next week, and that's that's it. Yeah, but uh, next week on November 29th, which is when you're listening to this podcast. Uh, yep. Uh, I'm gonna start with the first one: Star Wars or Star Trek. It's not Star Wars. Sorry, sorry. Star Wars fans. Star Trek Bridge Crew is coming out. It's a VR experience for the Oculus, HTC Vive, and PSVR. And I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah. I think it looks like it's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, I'll get it if you get it. We can Dude, play. let's do it. Let's do it. We'll be Bridge Crew together. <laughs> and make it so. Shotgun. Live long and prosper. Okay. Well, um, you totally never mind. Sorry. I, didn't, I never watched Star Trek, really. I so. hate you. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Star Wars guy, obviously. You're not even that. I know. <laughs> You're not even. Uh, don't insult me. <laughs> so, uh, and then we also have a a much much anticipated game coming out. Yep. There are midnight releases for this game. Uh, Final Never Fantasy would have thought 15. there would have been a, a midnight release for a Final Fantasy right. in my lifetime, but here we are. Final Fantasy 15 is here, and this has a lot to deliver because the last one was not good garbage garbage and if this doesn't do well will the final fantasy 7 remake be enough to revive the franchise oh that's totally gonna revive the franchise people are gonna be all over that shit like just just that though it's i don't think it's gonna revive final fantasy if exactly. this exactly exactly people are gonna be all about that game it's gonna sell like hotcakes i guarantee sure. it but but it would be great if they could show that they can they're not a one trick pony and could still deliver great games with this I new one. I hope so. I hope so. Here's hoping. Here's so, sincerely hoping. We'll see what happens. But I used I used to play the hell out of Final Fantasy. Did you really? Oh yeah, I played a lot of them back in the day. So I, never I did. stopped at the PS2 with the Final Fantasy 10. Mm-hmm. Okay, I stopped there. Blitzball. Blitzball. I loved Blitzball. It was I, good. I played Kingdom Hearts. That was cool. 
That's a lot of fun. Cool story, bro. Uh, so uh, towards the end of the week, we have two more games coming out. Um, for the 3DS, if you are a proud owner of the 3DS after the lovely Black Friday sale, um, you could get pick up Super Mario Maker for the 3DS on December 2nd. And if, so. you, uh, if you stay tuned to the end of the podcast, there might be a way that you could still can play Super, Super Mario, Mario Maker, Maker on the 3DS. What do I mean by that? I don't know. Find out later. Find out later. Next time. Next time. And then the last game coming out next week is a game called Steep. This is Ubisoft. They're trying to get into extreme sports. Xbox One, PC, and PS4. The beta is out. I haven't played it. I've heard. I think it was out. I think it, it was, was out. Anymore. Yeah. I've heard not good things about it. <laughs> and that disappoints me because I wanted to see a snowboarding game come back or like an extreme sports in the I just I just want we're that. never going to be able to remake that. SSX tricky no it's not going to happen I know yeah I played it at E3 and if I could stand at the top of a steep mountain and throw it off I probably would it wasn't great um, <laughs> wow yeah, you said the controls were like super shitty yeah, right uh, it it's, don't even try SSX was the only SSX was where it was at man. Play. that and Rippin' Riders Remaster anybody? SSX remaster? Maybe. Oh, a new man. SSX, man. Yeah, Imagine seriously. what that would look like with the visuals But here's today. the thing, though. Now I'm really sad about what a remaster could be because I was excited for a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater new game, like new reboot or remaster or whatever, yeah. and that one came out, and it sucked. I don't think it was made, it wasn't made by Neversoft. I don't think no, it was. No, it wasn't. Yeah, but it's still, it's just like t- Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 was awful. great. Yeah. It was all about Thug, though. Thug was the only one that mattered. True, true. But anyway... That's the last of them. It's steep. It's the game to end the year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Blah. The game to end yeah. the year. Sure, yeah. Well, that's going to wrap up our video games coming out this week. Stay tuned, guys, because the next segment is a big one. Welcome to the Game of the Year edition of the Inner Gamer 2016. This is normally the part where I'd start singing. But for obvious reasons, <laughs> I can't see. Oh, my gosh. Where'd this dude bro come from, man? Yeah, oh, my sucks. gosh. I don't know, man, or whatever. That's, whatever. That's crazy. Brusky. Brusky. So, everybody, thank you so much for sticking around for so long with us in this episode. For we episode are 100. Episode 100. <laughs> we are at the iconic yearly Game of the Year edition. We are going to talk about the best of our inner gamer best of games for 2016. Now, obviously, the year's not over yet, but we're going to cover as much as we can that we could play up to this point. We felt that this was an appropriate time to do it for episode 100 because yeah, it's, it's episode 100. It's episode 100. It's, a, it's, it's special awesome. for us. It's our milestone, and we're going to do our goatee right here. Yeah, goatee right here. Can I say that we've actually played a lot of games this year? I we really have did. played a lot of games. I've played more games this year than I have my entire career of gaming. <laughs> Bullshit. Wow. I know. I'm just kidding. I was like, <laughs> we should be worried. That'd be crazy, right? That would be That'd really be cool. When you look at the list, like seriously, though, we've played a boatload of games this year. And there's been a lot of good games this year. There's been a lot. There's been a lot of uh, real, a lot of highs and a significant amount of lows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which we'll, we'll definitely get into. <clears throat> But uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go through. We have a set of categories. You can't see those categories, so it's going to be a surprise. Surprise. And uh, we're going to go through Got and talk about uh, 
Things like FPS, RPG, indie, narrative, performance, best studio, art direction, virtual reality. We're going to cover the gamut. And then we're going to close it out with our favorite chosen game of the year, each individual person's game of the year. So without further ado, let's jump into this. Let's do it. You guys ready? Let's do it. it. All right. Brett, what's your best FPS? Yeah. So our first category is first person shooter. And I have chosen Battlefield 1. Big surprise. Why? Shocker. Because, (laughs) okay, so to me, Battlefield 1, I think, is the epitome of what a quality shooter should be. Because I feel like the weapon designs are fantastic. They capture the era perfectly. The gameplay is incredibly immersive and exciting. And you've it's it completely solidifies the idea of being in a first person shooter. Like being in the first person perspective, like you're just blown away. Like it's it's so intense and so amazing. And I think it they did everything right with that game with the just the first person shooter aspect. It's quality it's absolute quality i love it nice yeah i I agree with you i won't say it's my fps of the year though yeah Uh, i think what i like the most about this year is is how a variety of different games and a variety of different genres challenged what those genres actually meant yeah and the reason why i picked overwatch from my fps uh of the year is for that exact reason yeah because the challenge to the form. Yeah, and I mean, you think about ga- think, of, think of games like Dishonored, for example. That's a first-person shooter, technically. Right. Uh, if you just by first, first person, person stabbing, like, think about right. that. Yeah, but yeah. You, <laughs> it's totally right. what it is. I mean, you do have a gun. Exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. Amongst other things. About that. Yeah. I, I never oh, used so it. That's, that's why I said anyway. FPS, first-person stabber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or sneaker, or silent, whatever. I know. Yeah. Uh, Overwatch takes everything about a first-person shooter, gives it to that person who's playing in the first person, uh, but also allows them to do a variety of different things, such as heal. Or, uh, I mean, you don't actually have to be a first-person aficionado to love a game like Overwatch yet. It falls into that category. And I think in the way that Battlefield does everything right from a story and atmosphere and a mechanic standpoint, Overwatch does just as well, if not better, and also introduces that differing opinion on what a first person shooter should be and how it should engage not only the individual who's in the first person at that point in time, but how that person engages with their teammates as well. Seeing as though first person shooters tend to devolve uh, into that as well. And there are some other interesting first person shooters that have come out this year, namely ones that have taken almost a step back uh, into the past and brought back this sort of arena aspect of first person. And I think uh, Austin, you had some, some words on, on that game. That uh, I might be referring to. On Doom. 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 <clears throat> so, yeah, I know. Surprisingly, I, I, it was I mean, it was a hard choice. Obviously, Overwatch is amazing. Yeah. Battlefield 1 is amazing. I play those guys more <laughs> often than I care to uh, mention. But playing Doom it had an interesting you know, take on the first person that I haven't really played. I never played any of the other Dooms. So this is my first one. just blows me away. I know, yeah, right? That still Man. blows me away. I was playing that like, like rabbit games, jumping on stuff person. and trying to like put words together. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so like jumping into this game, like it's just, you know, fast paced, high action, constantly chaining attacks to one another, killing demons, getting in their face, bashing their heads. And it's just like this very surreal experience that you don't get to experience very often. Or at least not, this isn't like, it's a certain style of game that only this game can accomplish amongst mm. all the other ones. So oh, that's, that's why it's my yeah. best of FPS. Yeah. 
And uh, I'll go ahead and piggyback off Luis and say that to me, my FPS for this year was Overwatch. I really, I really enjoyed the as kind of as we mentioned earlier, the challenge to the form, the fact that this game greeted all gamers with open arms. That you could be a veteran of FPS, or you could be just someone completely new to the video game scene, and you could dive into a game like Overwatch. And here you are; you're having a blast. You're contributing. Um, this game also really forced the teamwork aspect of the FPS, which is something I, I I was very happy about. Because not to bash Battlefield, because honestly, I haven't played a single bit of it yet. But going off of my history, at least as far as Battlefields. And um, uh, Call of Duties and all the other multiplayers that I've yeah. played in the past. I was going to say Call of Duty is definitely yeah, in that yeah, area you know, of like you're, you're not you're not playing for victories. You're playing yeah. for kill to death ratio oh, and, yeah. and all that. And Overwatch said to hell with that. No, get to the point. Get to the objective. Work as a team. Make it a well meshed. You team can't diss your friends and correct. just bring the, yeah. the morale yeah. down. Yeah. Like I mean, it, the moment it you really get inside. Did. So. Yeah. But, you know, I think that actually leads us into our uh, multiplayer section. <laughs> I am so, so glad you said that. <laughs> well, I was I was going to say, like, our best multiplayer. Yeah, is this is across the board. Unanimously Overwatch. Is Overwatch. Our best multiplayer game of the year was yes. Overwatch. And that that is exactly like what you you guys were just saying is why I, I picked Overwatch is because this is the first time in a very long time that you've pulled away the aspect of individual um uh like individuals trying to achieve their own personal goals and making it to where you know you didn't have to have the best kdr or the best this or the best that in order to do a killer job like if you had awesome healing powers and you were helping the team out by healing you got recognized for that. It's, it's and they didn't you flaunt that see. KDR yeah. anywhere, and I love that. It's definitely something you see in this game now, where even if somebody we and we, you can recognize it on the other team too, when you're like, man, that person was a really good Zenyatta. Yeah, I mean, he healed the crap out of that team as well as he orb of discorded my face every time I spawned. So I mean, it it really lends that teamwork, but still praises the individual who is performing very well. So it gives you still that, you know, that, that, I don't know, that pillar of I'm, I'm a strong player still, mm-hmm. not right. just, I don't yeah. know, it was, I mean, it was I, great. I, I feel successful as a team when we win. I'm just like, yeah, we oh, actually yeah. did it. You know, we're like, we got in there. There's you know, so many levels of victory walls. in this yeah. game where there's the ones where it's like, oh man, we steamrolled them or the right. ones where it's, we made it through three different times of overtime, making it to the point and then escorting it. And each time we got to overtime and we still won. Those hard-earned victories are mm-hmm. ones I'm like, ugh, my heart is racing and I should go to bed, but that was ecstasy. <laughs> let's do another one. Yeah. yeah, let's do another one. And another thing that really impressed me about this and why I think it definitely hits multiplayer really hard is that it's it's the first... I mean, it came out. They've never done multi or first-person shooters before. And here they come out with this really solid, what I thought was a very refined shooter, despite the balance issues. Right out the door. I didn't feel like it was that unbalanced. Right out the gate. Right out the gate. I mean, there wasn't any major server issues. There wasn't any bugs. And I mean, everything was just solid. And from a multiplayer perspective, like that's what you want. Because all these seen, games are played with that. We've also seen the developers respond to the community, and at least as far as picking up on what characters needed to be revamped, which we're still seeing. Yeah. 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 Free content uh, coming out all the time. There yeah. we go. Two new characters in the stage already. Two yeah. more stages, actually. Yeah, yeah two stages. Really, yeah, yeah, a lot more. Yeah, a lot of stuff coming. Yeah. 
So uh, our next category is uh, one that I don't play very often, but everybody (laughs) else here can definitely contribute to. Brandon, am I saying this right? I know, right? Okay. Our our best role playing game. Our best RPG of the year. And I'm gonna lead it on to one of you guys because this is this, this is, is your a Devin conversation. Yeah. This is <laughs> definitely a Why did everyone look at me? <laughs> I, I love these games I mean, just as much as the next guy. But Devin, yeah. you still play this game and it is hauntingly beautiful. I do. Um, well, Across I, the board. I, yeah, I it is. The the game, um, I come from a role playing background, so this was very near and dear to my heart, but the role playing game of the year in our opinion was Big Shocker Dark Souls 3. Um, this game brought a huge uh, a huge amount of content to the table. It was it was difficult. It was engaging. The story was fantastic. The multiplayer aspect was wonderful, which they've actually added another multiplayer section in there now for just matchmaking. Wow. Uh, the, ga- the game is just solid all around. And I know, Brett, you may not have played it, but you're going to when we do our video segment. Yes, I will. And, uh, so but I... I mean, also we've played a little bit of multiplayer together. Yeah, and that was yeah. Awesome. It, I mean, as far as a role playing game with multiplayer aspects in it, I mean this this was a, a very strong game, and I've I've loved every second of what this what this franchise has brought to the table as far as what video games can be in regards to difficulty, in regards to narrative delivered, in regards to uh, overall aesthetics because it's beautiful and the music is fantastic but it it was uh um obviously one of the best games that i've had to play not my game of the year i'll go ahead and say it it's not my game of the year but it was close it was a oh it was a tough decision oh it was a tough decision (laughs) yeah i'd say the best moments in gaming for me happened in dark souls namely when i would approach like is it the boreal valley the, the castle yeah uh Probably the greatest moment I've ever seen yeah. on my television screen. Those moments when you mm. reveal the new area, or mm-hmm. those moments when you finally mm-hmm. overtake a boss who has been giving you grief for yeah. hours, and you finally best them. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, there's nothing better. I get so jacked yeah, up. The boss design was very, very nice. Yeah. I mean, there were obvi- some obvious letdowns, as there are in most games like this. I feel like some of the moments weren't all that great, or some of the environments weren't all that great, but. Holistically, Dark yeah. Souls three across the board. I feel like this fantastic. game should win like best of its own category of some kind. <laughs> so I feel like there, from what you guys tell me about this game, it, there isn't another one out there that falls into that. It category. falls into a genre of well, its own. Not almost. recently, yeah. at least. Like yeah. Neo will fall into that. Animusha, um, yeah. Ninja Gaiden, Gaiden, yeah. Gaiden. Right. I think. Gaiden. Those types of God games of War do. back in its real heyday. Yeah. 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 But yeah, Dark cool. Souls three, fantastic RPG. Uh, I look forward to the Bloodborne two announcement. <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming. It's happening. It's coming. Has to. Day it's one. Bye. All right. So yeah, our, our next category here goes to something that uh, has really picked up a lot in the last couple of years, and that is the indie game. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of indie games coming out left and right. We've had some indie developers. A lot of indie developers that are taking a, taking a risk. Yeah. Taking a lot of risks. Totally. And uh, this year we've had quite a few. Very, very quality games. Yeah. And um, I'll start with mine because I'm very happy about it. Uh, I chose Firewatch. And if you guys listen to the podcast where I talked about it, you'll know a little bit more about why. But I chose this as best indie because I felt like this is one of the few indie games that I've played that really, I mean, other than Gone Home back when that came out, really like touched me emotionally and made me feel something. 
that most AAA games can't do or haven't been able to do. And the even though it was a linear experience, even though it was kind of pseudo open world, open area as Austin has coined in the past, um, it's it's definitely uh, just. I mean, it was beautiful. It was the voice acting was fantastic. Everything about it from start to finish was wonderful, and I even got my Polaroids to prove it. So <laughs> I was I was very yes, happy about that. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you there for sure. And the I guess the one thing for me, I loved Firewatch, and it was my most anticipated indie coming into 2016. It ultimately ended up being a bit of a letdown for me, only because it relies so heavily on experience and yeah. kind of moment to moment continuity from not only a story. And gameplay aspect, but from a technical aspect as well, mm-hmm. that whenever it would cut out and sort of make it a little bit difficult, it was immersion breaking. Right, right. Essentially, what you're saying. and it relies yeah. that much on that. I mean, all the sounds are ambient, um, all the lighting is ambient, all of it is very much tasked with getting you into this sort of national park mindset of being out in the outside and yeah, and really highlighting this relationship, and it becomes difficult to do that at least to fall into that sort of mode when that keeps happening. So that took me aside from it, but that doesn't take away from the incredible narrative and the incredible art style as well. Yeah. yeah. All right. So mine was inside. Uh, I don't think, Oh, no surprise. Oh, I mean the way that this company created such a yeah. mysterious world and story and character, just not just a word spoken kept you going from beginning to the end like there's yeah. not a point in time where anything was like you know there wasn't ever a low point it was all yeah. just like i don't know like this is something that you know every time my, you got to a new area in the building every time you saw a new person every time you got into a new gadget or vehicle or just got to a new area that game every single time you're like ooh what am I doing now? Yeah. Like, Ooh, what is this on? world? What, what is, is really this? happening? What do they, what do they make and this room for? That sense of mystery is really what yeah. drives me in stories. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I, I do like the flow in that game. I would just like, I mean, it's constant, like just continuous flow going on. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's really hard to that do. That game's easy to, that game's easy to beat in one sitting when yeah. you sit there and think about just how much it drives you to progress forward. Yeah. I mean, even the end is very mysterious, and, oh. and hopefully it leads to a inside two, but we can only hope. Yeah, one can hope. All right, well, I'll uh, I'll go next. Mine was the um, uh, it was a free to play. Just figured I'll download it as a PlayStation Live. Just I'll get it and just see what it's like. And ended up just being absolutely infatuated with this game. But Fury. Um, initial release was in July 5th by the developer, the game bakers. And let me tell you, this game, um, is, it's a, nothing but a series of boss battles. And I loved every single one of them. Every single boss battle was unique. Every single time that you fought, you had to change up your tactics and how you engage them. Um, you know, you think about a, a, a game where you're basically kind of a hack and slash and you kind of stick to one mode of that hack and slash. Well, I'll just mash square 17 times before the boss is no longer there. <laughs> oh, no, you can't do that in this game. You literally have to adapt and think and engage. It's almost like a puzzle boss, each one being different. So this one, I was so pleasantly surprised uh, with its performance. And could not be it. Could not have been happier with with how with how I I uh, with my experience. It was great. Yeah. 
Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very similar game to that, actually, and a very similar art style as well. Kind of yeah. like this it is, it 80s kind of funny. neon-ish. <laughs> yeah. Like very uh, similar color scheme. What is it? A, a boss? Boss? What? What are they called? Boss something? Types oh, of games uh, that you just fight multiple bosses. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Lots of bosses in the game. Um, Hyper Light Drifter is actually a uh, Kickstarter game by That's this so crazy. dude. Uh, <laughs> forgot his name. It escapes me. But the uh, studio Heart Machine uh, is actually. Based, it's named by the guy, the creator. He has a uh, uh, a heart condition, and um, just an absolutely incredible game. Narrative is is a little bit weak, but I think it stands out to me. It's eight bit. Uh, they've found a very interesting way of conveying environment in this weird eight bit style that wasn't present in the eighties and nineties or seventies and eighties, and. I don't know. It just played so very well. It was very fluid. It was like a Dark Souls, Legend of Zelda hybrid. Um, very hard, but very, very playable and very accessible. Highly recommended. It was the biggest surprise to me uh, in the indie space this year. And um, very good I played it. I hope to jump back into it sometime soon. But yeah, Hyperlight Drifter, if you haven't grabbed it. I, I, I just bought it, it at the Steam store. You definitely so should. I'm, it's, a, it's, I'm excited. You might want to play. You might want to play Dark Souls before that. Oh gosh! Because the Hyperlight Drifter is very fast, really, which okay. is awesome. But cool. it, Dark Souls is much more manageable. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that was a, <laughs> from a from a pacing standpoint. Yeah, because yeah. if you're not fast and you're not quick with your keys, right? You kind of like Super Meepoy. Super Meepoy is really fast. Well, that's also singular buttons. This is like navigating hordes of monsters and oh, dashing gosh. between them and oh, then my attacking from certain areas. Anyway. Oh, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, hard category. Step. Hard category to, to pick from this oh, year. A lot God. of good stuff. Yeah. Um, another almost equally hard category is a uh, narrative. And narrative is one that we talk excessively about on The Inner Gamer. Yeah. Because we are all about narrative. And uh, I'm going to let somebody else lead in on this one. Um, Austin, oh. actually. I want to hear I want to hear Austin, your, your thoughts okay. on this. So mine was Mafia 3, and I mean, there's a lot of good games coming out this year, like we said, and, and you know, a lot of them have really good stories, but this one was unique in the way of telling something kind of taboo, uh, you know, dealing with racism back in, in the 60s and during the Vietnam War, which was actually in the 70s, wasn't it? 60s, 70s era. Yep. And um, man, like... I never felt a character in such a long time that can really get behind, that's really grounded in reality. And even though his whole story is about revenge and killing and murdering people, I mean, it all makes sense. Like, you understand his pain, his frustration, why he has to do it, even though it's not right. And and sadly, I didn't finish this game because the gameplay was actually, the moment-to-moment gameplay between the major missions was not fun at all. Like it just kind of fell flat. And, That's a shame. But his character and the story leading up to like the 15 hours that I did play was amazing. Uh, I would recommend it for people who are looking for a different kind of story that we don't see in games. When I, and I hope we see more of this. I hope this spurs like a pseudo revolution to like to really dig in and not not be shied away by mm-hmm. these kinds of stories. taboo subjects. Right. Nice. Um, I'm I'm going to sound like a little bit of a broken record, but my same uh, as far as narrative goes is going to go with Fury. Um, and it's an all-boss fighter. I looked it up. There it is. All-boss all boss fighter. All-boss okay. fighter. Um, but the way the, most, the story was very mysterious from the get-go, and you're very confused about what's happening, especially with the way the characters all dress, because it is almost anime-like 
and the art style is very different, but in between your boss battles, you can walk around yourself, but nothing really happens, so you can just hit a button and a character walks for you. All the while, the character who lets you out of prison is talking to you. And it turns into this, uh, kind of like from the movie Memento, where someone's feeding you lines and you don't know if they're lies or not, and you keep fighting bosses, and you're like, man, am I the enemy? Do I actually belong in this prison? And I I was absolutely enthralled. I can think of times when I was sitting there at work going, God, what, what was that guy I killed a, a bad guy? What what am I the good guy? Or it 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 definitely messed with your mind and it it stuck with me in such a way that I was so pleased with my experience overall. And I'm again with this being a game I've chosen for two categories, the the narrative portion of it definitely delivered and it kept me playing because that's how I gauge how good a narrative can be is does it keep you playing? Right. And this one definitely had its hooks in me. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Brett, you had another game that you just talked about. I do. So I'm also broken record because (laughs) I love Firewatch and I am giving best narrative to Firewatch. Um, and the reason for that is because, you know, I, I love narrative. There, there's so many narratives out there that are, I mean, if you look at Hollywood, you get nothing but these big, huge blockbuster epic, the hero goes into battle and does this thing and he comes out and triumphs and hooray for him. This, this was nothing like that. This was like watching an indie film that was just incredibly personal and touching and awesome. And that's, that's what I got out of it. When I was playing that game, I just like, I got attached to the characters. I got attached to the world. I got attached to the woman who you speak to, which I'll talk about later. Um, I got attached to the, like everything about it, the mystery of, of the whole entire game. And there was just, you know, the world itself kind of told a story as you were traveling through there. Cause you'd see, you never saw people in this game, but you learn so much about them just by exploring what's there that they've left through in, in that space. So um, that to me just, you know, it's storytelling in a way that few games can It's not a recycled trope. This is something unique and different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I really, Which really appreciated that. Yeah. Especially yeah. when executed well. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to go with the, uh, the obvious choice. Well, should have been obvious. <laughs> I know. I'm really surprised by this. Uh, very surprised by this as well. Uh, the Storytellers and Naughty Dog released Uncharted 4 this year. Very highly anticipated. Delayed a few times, but with good reason. Yep. And they delivered. Absolutely 100% delivered. As it said, rule of threes. One, two, three. You release a fourth. You better be coming in with something hot. Yeah. Uncharted 4 had a lot bearing on it. A thief's end. A very fitting title. Uh, and a very fitting end to the saga of Nathan Drake. And uh, I don't know. There was so much about this game that could have gone wrong. They could have, you know, fucked up the gameplay. They could have fucked up the environments. They could have messed up relationships that all needed to come to an end. And if you haven't played it, I highly suggest you do. There is, I couldn't have, my wildest dreams couldn't have imagined a better ending that they actually delivered on. And, with Talk all about of, closure. You never get that in a game. Exactly. And just complete, okay, I'm done. Like, that was it. Don't, no spinoffs, nothing. The game ended where it needed to. 
there's absolutely no need to continue any further. The narrative with me of Nathan Drake from in the way that it was told really from day one uh, in Uncharted 1 has always been interesting. And Uncharted 4 just, just hit the nail on the head. They There were some characters you knew. There were some characters you didn't. There was family you didn't know about or only briefly did. And uh, I just think it did a great job of... of taking all of the, what was stacked against it and uh, turning it into something beautiful. And uh, within that as well, Nathan Drake was, Nolan North was fantastic. Yeah. Just fantastic. And I mean, this was, you go through all the Uncharted games and you can sort of get past some of the like cheesy moments, but there were some Uncharted 4 moments that were way too real for me in some cases. Like, I mean, it's not a spoiler of any kind, but... Nathan's brother just shows up and the way they're able to build that relationship through flashbacks and through small interactions, his interactions with Soli, his interactions um, with his wife, uh, just so many great things happening uh, and so much emotional stake uh, really in all the characters and Nolan North outside of everybody else, fantastic cast was able to really deliver. And uh, yeah, Nathan Drake is Still the best character in games for me. So with that, that introduces our best performance of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that is uh, Louise's best performance of the year, which goes to a singular character from a video game that we played. Yeah. Um, so you have Nathan Drake. Yep. Uh, Devin, what do you got? Um, mine's going to go to Marcus Phoenix. Um, kind of as, Luis, you've said before, where, you know, rule of three, one, two, three, if you're going to do a fourth game, it's it, you. You better have a reason. There better be a good reason, right? And you know, uh, the the story through um, Gears of War four may not be the strongest. Um, some of the characters may be a little two dimensional, but um, just as always, uh, the character of Marcus Phoenix has always been fully realized. And with every time he speaks, you see the weight of the decisions that he's had to make. Bared on his shoulders. Um, full credit to the voice actor John DiMaggio. Uh, that guy is an absolute uh, incredible talent. You know, he does something as whimsical as the voice, uh, the voice of Bender from Futurama, and then he gets to come and do this gritty, gruff Marcus Phoenix. And yeah, it may sound like a bro move when he says, "Yeah, got you, motherfucker," and when he you know takes out a grub. But when he's talking to his son, and when there's some hard, hard dialogue being delivered he absolutely nailed it so you know kudos to marcus phoenix you want awesome. me to break okay so <laughs> it got <laughs> heavy in here it yeah, got real heavy so going off of my narrative uh choice mafia 3 i think we can clay really brought the heat you know having this mafia franchise uh c- coming out you know after coming out of the woodwork after a little while they found the perfect person to play this perfectly realized character on paper and bring it to the actual video game. And you know, everything he said had weight, had feeling, had meaning. And it's just like, like I said, you know, the, the story was so driving. It was because him, the main character, I got behind him and he took me on this journey that I, that I went through. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. 
And you I, I, really wish lot, I'd, I really wish I'd yeah. played this game. This is one of those games where I've listened to you talk about it, and I've seen plenty of stuff on it. I look back, and I'm like, God, I wish I'd have played that one. Yeah. I should have played that one. And, and, you know, I should have played it, that game. It's so hard. You know, the more we, we try to like play more games and look at more games, like <laughs> the more and more I see, uh, you know, it's just so hard to make a story and a good character and find someone to play that character. Like, mm-hmm. it, It's kind of like you know one in a million type thing. Yeah. I mean, there are good ones out there. Um, you know, there's a lot of B games going off of B movies, mm, but um, yeah, you know, it's hard to find that nice symphony, right? Yeah. So I will close up this category with mine, which again, broken record. I choose uh, Delilah from Firewatch. Three freaking categories in a row, Brett. I know. I can't help it. I can't help it. Is this your game of the year? Yeah, bold. I know, right? It should be, but it's Part not. of the name is in there. Um, so uh, Sissy Jones played the character of Delilah. And again, I mentioned this earlier, but I felt such a strong connection to this character, this fictional character in this game, that, I mean, it was a no-brainer that she was, she was that. Because the fact that I never saw her face, you know, I never, never you know, even interact with her, interact with her in person. It was just her over a radio that was talking to me. And the whole entire time I chose the dialogue choices. We had a conversation, you know, they were obviously predefined dialogue choices, but like it felt they, like there was the, a connection. There. The dialogue options felt real. They really felt, they felt real. like they could be yeah. legitimate conversations. And I was just, I was just blown away. I mean, her delivery of this, I mean, cause she didn't have, she wasn't over the top or anything like that. It was just, it was real. It was a yeah. real feeling, and that's that to me was awesome. Good. So uh, next category we have uh, has a lot to do with voice as well, except it's not. It's actually it's that it's audio. What a terrible what a terrible intro. <laughs> um, uh, best music and or and or sound design. Yeah. Actually, this goes hand in hand. Best yeah. music and sound design. Yeah. Um, this one is. I'm just going to go into mine, and for me, this was, I think, very much a commonality with a lot of people, but I think by far Battlefield 1 had the best music and sound design. Um, those guns just sounded so Explosions, good. planes, the bullets everything. flying past you. I mean, like- I, I was playing the other night, and I was just like, holy shit, I'm scared to go out of this like little piece of... like rubble that I'm hiding behind because there's just shit everywhere around me and it's it's incredible like the sound design is amazing it's one of those rare games that one has music and sound design as great as this but that would also suffer a lot if it didn't because exactly. of everything yeah. that surrounds the World War 1 era like can you imagine going out there and just having like just like some sissy explosions or like <laughs> you know there's no depth to sound in a lot of these war games, at least that you can identifiably uh, pinpoint. Right. But in Battlefield 1, everything is When awesome. you shoot that high-powered rifle, you feel the kick of that high-powered yeah. rifle. Like when you when a plane is coming right by your head, you hear that motherfucker coming yeah. from a mile away. Like <laughs> and it, it sounds awesome. It's incredible. And I haven't played much of Battlefield 1, and I'm looking forward to getting it this weekend. But nothing could come close in my opinion this year um there's a few others i think might have a music uh stab at it but sound design wise my god is battlefield one incredible down to the footsteps like changing texture like stepping on gravel versus stepping on grass versus stepping on wood cobblestone like wood all of it is different and it's incredible and 
so freaking immersive. It's insane. So on that note, like talking about Overwatch, you know, I can get, I can really get into that game, especially in those high intense moments. But this is the only one that literally raises my adrenaline, and I actually focus better because of all the craziness going around me. I, I don't know, I don't know why. It might be lending you to get, me. You get into the Zen mode. Yeah, like you, when the chaos ensues. on a different level. Well, Nietzsche does say, "From chaos comes order," so that they, makes sense. Yeah. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this is a video game. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad, guys. <laughs> is he from Naughty Dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might be. Oh, uh, that's funny. Nice. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much everybody's uh, music sound design, except for Devin. You have yeah, a different one I, here. I went with Dark Souls Three just because. Um, it, the the music progressed with the age of the game. It's so good. Yeah, the the uh, with Dark Soul the the original Dark Souls there was definitely a, this mo- this feeling and this motif of this decaying world and this sadness and this small small brimming light of hope that could be ignited again. Dark Souls two, meh. Fast forward to Dark Souls three and the weight of the music that carried the fact that this is the last time that this cycle is going to take place. This is, this is the end of days. And it felt like that even with the boss fights, even with just the movement around. Um, and then just the general sound design when you could hear footsteps coming up behind you for people coming to backstab you. It, it was all very real. So yeah. this game, uh, just music alone to me. I with every single boss fight, I felt like I am ending the world right now mm-hmm. with this boss fight. Yeah. Another impressive thing is, it's one thing to know what something sounds like, but you don't know what the fuck a boss like Pontiff Sullivan is going to oh. sound like. This massive fucking dude. This nine foot tall uh, Pontiff religious freak. Who yeah. Like, makes no sound. Like how? Oh my god! He plucked out his eyes, made them into rings, and gave them to his soldiers to explore the world. And you know what does that sound like? I huh? I don't know. I don't know. What does yeah. that no. sound like? Fuck? It like a, I haven't a gotten bowl. that far. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, be, we'll, we'll be doing lore later. We'll be doing lore later. Uh, and I don't know. Props to both of those yeah. games for really hammering those Nail, things. Nailing it. Yeah, that's really important. All right, let's move on to best studio of the year. What? Best yeah. studio. Video game studio. Yep. Um, so, yeah. I was going to say, I, I feel like it was almost across the board, but... Well, I'm I'm, I'm actually willing to... I wish I had changed mine because I, I feel the same with the most of what you guys I mean, just... you can. I, I am then. Go on. Okay. <laughs> uh, Devin has just now... I have spoken. This just in. He has changed his vote. I've changed my vote. Live um, on the show. Uh, you know, I've, I've got to say, Blizzard, kudos oh, to you. Yeah. You put out a game early on in the year and people are still playing it religiously. I mean, we, I, this, this community is not just steady, but it's growing. Putting it out uh, for free on some of the weekends, I've actually played that with some of my friends, and they have loved it and bought it. And kudos to them for, for making not just one of the best you know, shooters, multiplayer games. It's, it, it is just an all-around, just a pinata of fun. And I can't wait to crack it open. Not only that, the support system they put behind it is incredible. Absolutely. Like all of their other yeah. Games. yeah. I mean, you probably can't say it as much for like Diablo, but Diablo does get all the love it needs. <laughs> no Man's Sky. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse me, I got right. your cough. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. 
the the care that they put into their community. They listen. They yep. release monthly status updates. Yep. They talk about what they're thinking of doing, what they are doing. They allow people to test what they're doing, what they aren't doing, and they really take those things in stride and make wonderful, wonderful things out of it. I mean, we got two new characters, one of which went through this crazy Long. alternate reality sort of game yeah. that pissed off a lot of people, but at the end of the day, was still very, very cool. It got a and lot of buzz. I mean, that yeah. was It did. Great. It was everywhere. Huge. At all times. Uh, para bailar la sombra. Para bailar la sombra. It's just absolutely incredible. And yeah. these they don't make games for 2016 or 2015 when they come out. They make games for years. Yeah. And yeah. Overwatch does not look like it's going to slow down. No. <laughs> no. There is a an enormous cult following behind that game. Like I think it was in like the first month that it was live, it became like the fastest growing subreddit and is now in the top 50 subreddits or something wow. like that. It is incredible uh, what Overwatch has been able to do, and not so only they, that, I mean they released Legion too. They, yeah, that was they, about to still, say that's that's exactly why Blizzard I chose is taking Blizzard. over the world. Yeah, slowly like, has taken over the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I chose Blizzard because they brought out Overwatch this year. They yep. kept it up to date. They maintained the community with everything they had. They brought out Legion, which is a whole massive expansion pack that people loved. And to this, I mean, that game has been out forever. They've updated. They're still bringing out characters, the Heroes of the Storm. They brought out Diablo three with a Diablo one add on to it. Like I mean, they work. You know, there's just like they've kept. I'm still all their Diablo properties 3. have continuously been updated, and I love that. Mm -hmm. So it's really it's yeah. All right, Blizzard. go ahead and naysayer. Who's all right, yours? All right, it's well, you know, first off, I was looking at, it, I was like, hands down, it's Blizzard. But I was like, wait a second, you know, Naughty Dog, it's such a great, did such a great job with Uncharted four. But the more I kept thinking about, it, I was like, I have to give it to Play Dead. This small company of like yeah. two major people who created this this deep game in such a simple way that has so much replayability just to try to get the story and the mystery and like to to come out in a time where you know not knowing that all these heavy hitters were gonna you know drop and and really like you know take the limelight they did such an amazing job yeah. and I think they deserve to be recognized absolutely. There's even a lot of people that are like trying to put them up there for their game of the year. That too, amongst all these right. epic titles that have right. come out, like that's that's and, something. To be and sad. we haven't played yeah. Inside. I think when the first five fifteen minutes, I knew I was like this is going up for one of my mm -hmm. nominations, mm -hmm. or as early on in the year as it was. So most certainly. So our next category is best art direction, and this was an incredibly hard decision for me, at least <laughs> because. I mean, everything that's out there had some killer art. I mean, we had Firewatch, we had Witness, we had Overwatch, we had Inside, we had even Battleborn I would consider in there as an oh, yeah. awesome art style. But I went with Overwatch because <laughs> the fact that they were able to create so many different characters with so much unique personality and have them feel like they're part of the same world just is incredibly impressive. And then... Every map that they built is completely different in different locations, but it it all feels like it fits together. Mm -hmm. But it's it's so diverse, and I'm like, yeah. that's that's some really good art direction right there. Be able to pull that off and make it feel like one cohesive game across the maps and across the characters. And I mean, it's just it's great. I mean, I, I'm yeah. very impressed by that. I picked the witness. 
because I don't, not in recent memory, can I think of a game that looks like The Witness? Color is Color just, is nice. Color is nice. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of color in this game. Uh, when I first talked about the game on the cast sometime in June or July, I mentioned that the map from an aerial perspective is unlike anything I've really ever seen. Yeah. Every area has an identity. You can say, like, I can name every single area right now, and that's because I haven't beaten the game still. Right. I remember everything about that game because of every deliberate placement of, you know, red versus green or orange versus yellow or water uh, versus cave. Like, all of these different sort of dichotomies, these these you know, black and white kind of moments littered throughout this world is just absolutely incredible. And I mean, I just got a PS4 Pro and this is hands down the best game that utilizes PS4 Pro's HDR functionality. It looks incredible. All of these colors reflecting the sun, like literal, looks exactly like I'm, if if I took this game and put it outside with the fucking sun outside, yeah. that's exactly what it would look like. And I'd remember those exact moments because I see them on a day-to-day basis. Like I know what a palm tree looks like when light shines through it. And here you are looking at this in real life and really getting to understand like the feeling of being in this world and uh, semi back to the whole music sound design thing. They went out to some remote island to record all the sounds in this game and that only adds more to the simple pastel, uh, I guess, approach that they took to this game. And I don't know, there's there's a lot to dislike about The Witness uh, but the art direction surely is not it. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's still the most beautiful game I've seen this year. And then me and Devin chose Inside. We chose Inside. I, I, mean, I, I as like kind of like you said from the from the first five minutes of me starting that game, I, I knew I was like this while I loved Limbo and its right. forced perspective, um, this pulling a more three dimensional look to it really just hit it home nailed it's it very beautiful absolutely nailed it the way it like sparsely used color throughout each as you progress through the levels yeah um really highlighted certain points that made it either magical dramatic or you know dark or using you know, body a sense language. of hope yeah you know to me it was the use of body language as opposed to uh any actual dialogue being spoken right that i i, I was blown away by blown away by just that alone it it was such an incredible experience of use of color, use of lack of color, use of light and and shadows and darkness and uh, the beady eyes of dog. It it was just it, it's indescribable to another game other I mean, than Limbo. I mean, putting that limit, <laughs> right, right. I mean, putting that limitation on you in in, in a world or in a, yeah. in a field where you can literally do anything. Yep, and be like, well, we're not going to have any dialogue like that. That's a huge. Like, hey, you let's know, but, not do you know, that. Yeah, you know how big of a risk that is? Yeah. It's huge. And they nailed it. Like, no They other. nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. So. Let's take it away for a little bit from um, uh, from the actual games themselves. Let's go to uh, our VR tech. We have talked about VR this year. And uh, I can't. <laughs> I, I can think back in my, my first time starting on this podcast in Austin would not shut the hell up about VR. But here we are playing it and we love it. So we let's talk it. about yeah, so what do you love, Devin? I love the Trials of Tatooine. And while that may not be a game, 
I or a surprise. Can't. Or <laughs> it's Star Wars, and the moment I got to hold a lightsaber, I felt myself tearing up. I feel like you're biased. I mean, you're like, <laughs> I'm going to. just saying, but it's okay. It's all That's right. fine. You can call me biased. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Go right ahead. That's fine. Perfectly I'll good. take it. Because this game, good, this though. this experience deserved it to me. I, uh, you know, you got to knock blaster bolts back at stormtroopers, and I, I I had Han Solo talking to me from the Millennium Falcon. I I loved this experience, and I can't wait to see a company actually do a full on Star Wars game in VR, so I can be a Jedi finally. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go ahead, guys. What did what did y'all play? So you guys got to be heroes. Yeah, he, actually, he got to be a hero. I still haven't played this game. Oh, yeah. I'm just it. saying it's the best because I'm guessing it's the best. Yeah. If I had to say like definitively what would be my best VR game, because the only one I played from start to finish would be Job Simulator. But my guess is that Batman does everything Job Simulator does. But you're fucking Batman, <laughs> not I, fucking Batman. That's I, disgusting. I, yeah, I, I, well, I don't know. Is it? I can <laughs> definitely I say that I think it is the best VR game this year because it is immersive. You're Batman, and you're Batman, <laughs> and I mean that kind of just sums it up right there. I mean, I played the Trials of Tatooine. That was cool. It was too short. I wanted more. Right. Uh, and I played. Agreed, because I want to be a Jedi. I love Job Simulator. That's really cool. But I mean, I was I played Batman, <laughs> and I got to see Robin face to face, and I got to see the Penguin face to face, and like it was just. It was Caring awesome. about your surprises in it as well, because I mean, you're not supposed to be scared when you're Batman. But when you were telling me, like, "Oh my god, I was the ending sweating was bullets, creepy." Yeah, yeah, I was like, "This, I is, got to play this it. is driving me nuts." Oh yeah, Austin played it. I actually yeah. played the whole thing. You know, was as creepy as I expected, but those moments, you don't get those. You yeah, know, you, you get those from the, you know, sixteen by nine box, your mirror, your window, you're looking through, and, yeah. and and being up close and personal and seeing some of these people, it's like. <laughs> it's, it's surreal. Cool. You get that sense of scale in that game, right. which is really nice. And but I like that a lot. Surprisingly, that wasn't my best VR game. I think it has to go to Raw Data, which is, uh, I think, exclusively on the Vive right now. It and is. you get, it's basically you, you're this guy and you could choose between a ninja with a sword or a guy with a gun. And, and you go and you try to take some data from this like facility. But uh, you have these robots that, that come alive and they come to attack you as a defense system and they get up in your face. And I was literally sweating, like my hands were clammy and like adrenaline was rushing. And, and you know, I found, my there, found myself there after three hours being like, I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm physically and mentally drained from this game. So my body the, needs a break. <laughs> yeah, the most surreal experience in a VR game I've, I, I've ever played to this, to this day. So well, hopefully we see more come from VR. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the future here. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a good stepping stone. Speaking of games I've never played in my life, racing games are some of the ones I don't play. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, you played one. What was it? <laughs> yeah, I played uh, Forza Horizon 3. Oh, and man. It was lovely. <laughs> Should we say across the board for this? Or <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it was great. Yeah, me and Luis are going to be lost on oh, this right great. now. So uh, this category is best sports and racing because you can't really put them separate because there was like one racing game this year that was worth talking about. And then there was like two sports games worth talking about because like Madden comes out every year. So who cares? And I mean, really, I, FIFA I, was really good like this it. year. FIFA was FIFA is usually pretty solid. But like the, the best it's been in a while. Yeah. And NBA 2K17 got good reviews, too. But mm. Forza was just such a well-built mm racing game and i just they just announced their expansion today which i'm really excited about we're going to be driving through the snowy mountains 
in the the world and they have a bunch of new cars that are coming out with it and it just sounds awesome and uh yeah i mean the open <laughs> do world you get aspect, to ghost the ride beauty, the whip the what i don't know i've heard that before yeah you get to drive the warthog so i mean okay, everybody loves well, that right i mean that's awesome <laughs> It's done. Sold yeah. Devin. Easy. Sold me. Easy. Warthog. All right, Warthog. So, um, but you know what's really cool about this game is the the sense of adventure that you feel <laughs> as you're driving through the world. So that leads us into our next topic, which is the action adventure game of the what year. What a segue. What a segue. What a segue. Right? So uh, <laughs> well, you're the Lone Ranger over here. You go first. Yeah, I will go, go first. first. Okay, I'll Have go it. first. So action adventure. Notice there's an action backslash adventure. I took this more from the action side, and I've, I talked about Uncharted already. And as we'll get to later, um, Uncharted is one of my favorite games ever. Um, Dishonored 2 for me was everything that hasn't happened in a game in a while. And that includes Metal Gear Solid Five, where action adventure is the whole Damn. And Metal Gear Solid Five was great. I freaking loved it. Another one of my favorite games of all time. But Dishonored, the first and now the second, give you this abnormal amount of creativity to achieve an objective. Whether you're slicing off someone's head and throwing it on another person to knock them off or just calling a horde of rats to destroy them and eat them to bits. You can do literally everything and literally nothing in this game and still get the task accomplished. Sounds I, like an adventure to me. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and why I think, I mean, if you didn't know by what I said, Uncharted 4 is their pick. But Dishonored 2 for me was was a, a, a welcome, complex, yet simple action adventure game that gives you the tools to be whatever the hell you want. And... Um, I think that's fantastic. I mean, the adventure is there. It's sort of lackluster. It's more of a, I mean, you could even consider it a first person shooter, uh, as we yeah. mentioned earlier. But uh, for me, Dishonored 2 was just this mishmash of incredible creativeness, world, and uh, and unstoppable action that, uh, that really just scratched that itch for me. All right. Well, we chose Uncharted 4. Ta da! <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, we've already talked about what makes it great, and yeah. as far as action-adventure, I take the action portion of it, and I make that kind of a... When I think about action-adventure, I do think of a, you know, your 80s Hollywood action movie and Uncharted 4 Delivered. Uh, High-intensity white-knuckle gaming, um, in-depth shooters, as well as, you know, good character development and the adventure portion of it, while it's while these games have always been linear... I always felt like the adventuring of the platforming and climbing and traversing tombs and old relic places and it's fantastic. I've 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 loved I've loved playing these these games from start to finish and this one's no exception. Watching Austin play it cuz I never played it, but watching Austin play it, I was just like holy hell. This is like a crazy wild ride and it just there, there's, there's, there's set piece moments in that that aren't there just to be. They don't seem like they're there. To, I mean, they're, they're, they're like watching like epic movies. But it's like the Goonies you know. meets Indiana Jones yeah. meets yeah. something else. Like I don't know, James Bond meets Lethal Weapon. Yeah, like there's just so much in that game that makes it so much more than just an action adventure. But I mean, 
for that part. They they nailed it. I mean, they've been building on that since you know, day one. Well, so while you hunt for treasure in Uncharted Four, there is another game that you oftentimes hunt for what they call Pokemon, uh. <laughs> and our. It's what some of us may call the best mobile game of the year. Oh, our mobile games. Let's talk mobile games. Me and Brett, we yeah. got Pokemon Go. Because yeah, it was so amazing. Do. And it was so surprising. And the cult following that came after the launch of this game was ridiculous. And to I mean, see, you, to see yeah. a game like bring yeah. out a massive amount of people out into the world for the first time. Playing games. Have you guys ever seen this ever in no. your life? It's revolutionary. No. Has it ever happened? No. Never no. Happened. Never. No. Yeah. It's just. I, it's I, I can honestly say no. I've I've never seen any. Uh, I've never seen a video game cause this kind of uh, this wild, wild pandemonium yeah. of of <laughs> people playing games out in the world. Yeah. No, I've never seen that before. It created more hype than freaking Candy Crush, man. Like, yeah. that's that's big. Yeah, that's real big. And released in like so many countries. I can't even. I don't even know. Yeah. So, mobile game of the year, Pokemon Go. That's 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 us. However, we have another one. Yeah. So I loved Pokemon Go for like the two days I played it. <laughs> it just didn't like it wasn't. I, I love the social aspects, and I don't deny the impact that it's had in society. Albeit, it was short-lived, at least in America. Um, I picked Clash Royale, which is Clash of Clans, but different. Uh, Clash Royale is good. Clash Royale is really good, man. Um, I don't know what it is about it. It's a simple gameplay loop, but the strategy involved is almost like Hearthstone, like Elder Scrolls, uh, that type of... I don't know. It's a simple gameplay loop that works, and... Their strategy and the strategy is minimal, but timing is of the essence. Like it's an active mobile game that utilizes touch really as well as you can yeah. uh, without it becoming like an on screen joystick and buttons, which I'm not <laughs> a big fan of. It's, right. um, it's one of those few mobile games that's actually done well with multiplayer, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I play my buddies all the time. And for such a simple game, the strategy is real. Like yeah. you really have to think about how this is going to work yeah. and how these things affect other things yeah. that you place and, and there's no meta there's none of that garbage like and it's also one of those games that has this weird like strange competitive nature to it like if you get on twitch right now you'll find like thousand view clash royale streamers because yeah. this game is just that way even with clash clan sometimes but i don't know clash royale it got me for a while there i'd say about two months um i hopped off of that once i stopped playing on my phone really i stopped taking long shit so i stopped playing it but man that's a shame yeah, now uh, my now the whole world knows better. that. <laughs> yeah. Now they all know. There you go. It's true. So moving on to downloadable content, the best DLC of this year, and this is a uh, this is an interesting yeah. conversation because yeah. there was a time where DLC was like, you know, a very short lived experience. It added some new add ons, added some new stuff, and now it's and it became very demonized where, for yeah. it. Yeah, DLC exactly. was very, very. Oh, hey, and you hated hearing about DLC and season passes, and you yeah. hated all that. And this year was a delightful change of pace. Indeed, it was. So, um, Devin, why don't you start us off with your well, choice yep, for DLC? I, I know you three all chose the same thing, which is great because it's a great DLC. I yes. chose something that to me spoke much, 
louder because this this DLC made a game that was not playable for a lot of people yeah. playable again. Um, Destiny Rise of Iron uh, brought back a fan base. I mean, I you guys got it again. No, don't remind me. <laughs> it was for, fun. I know. Well, for guys who said, it "Oh, was. we we burned our copies," and like we we started playing Rise of Iron again, and this this DLC uh, was the the nice little bow to to wrap up the game, Destiny, and I'm I'm so pleased with what it brought to the table as far as a new area, new a new raid, new gear, new new ways for the community to engage one another. And, you know, for all of Destiny's faults that it had at launch and as it progressed, and even with its first DLC, which wasn't a huge hit, but, you know, this this to me was Bungie, I think, finally taking steps in the right direction to listen to its fan base and engage the community. And this DLC just nailed it. Just absolutely nailed it. So... Yeah, it was it was really good. I really liked it. Um, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but, Don't mind uh, me. I didn't force you to buy it. No, I just heavily implied you to. Another big DLC, which I didn't play, but I know some other people played extensively, uh, including Austin here, was Blood and Wine from The Witcher Three, and I think that's everybody else's choice because, I mean, I mean, it's how amazing. many hours? I mean, I put in a good like extra 30, 40 hours. Easily, it's easily, incredible. and there's there's it's more incredible. in there. I mean, but they say it's not it's like, like it's just hours; it's quality hours. Qu- exactly, like a DLC that hits home with such depth, with story and depth with characters. You don't get that very often, you know. And, and then plus, you know, coming off of just The Witcher itself, you know, they gave CD Projekt Red delivering free content over a certain span of time, and then their past DLC being such an awesome. Uh, story driven uh, experience like it was just one hit one heavy hit after the other and this one is no different and if you haven't played it, it it's just amazing the world the characters the creatures the new lore you get to find uh, new abilities revamped they revamped everything um, in the uh, uh, your abilities uh, I mean it should be game of the year but it can't be yeah, <laughs> I was about to say we yeah. uh, we uh, disqualified DLC from any other contention, uh, <laughs> and originally Austin had this game for art direction, which you should just look at it and you'd understand exactly why. You just know, you yeah. just you know, just, like you're like what? The oh yeah, look fuck? at that, look at that perfect game. Oh yeah, look at that. <laughs> and it exactly. runs at a steady thirty. That. Yeah, that's incredible. It's very yeah. pretty. Well, I had sixty, but. Uh, <laughs> PC. Okay, For so with sure. all that, we've talked a lot about these games. So let's kind of get this into uh, our last four major categories, and we're going to talk about the the biggest surprise of the year. So let's go around the room again. Biggest surprise that we've had this year. I'm going to start with Pokemon Go. <laughs> I mean, I, for me, that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fact, oh yeah. That had more headlines. Than yeah. anything this year, every single news network every, covered every, it. Every, every single covered one it. of them. Uh, have you ever seen a game do that? No, no. not at least no. since the Wii. I mean, yeah. Brett's business made a, uh, made an article about how you can yeah, improve we your business about how to <laughs> by integrating business. Pokemon Go. It's yeah, insane. It, it was it was incredible, and people were like bringing new. I mean, they're making money off of this thing. It got into news. It got into the election. It. it got into it got into literally everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, and now and it's dead. It's, and, it's, <laughs> and now it's dead. <laughs> and it's dying. But but it did it did do something new, and it was a shocker. Yeah, I mean, there was moments I go out to the downtown Fort Worth, and there would be every single person glued to their phones <laughs> playing this game, and it was remarkable. So biggest surprise, hands down, Pokemon Go. Go ahead. Oh, all right. I'll I'll start. Um, I'll admit, and I may get chastised for this at this table, but I thoroughly expected Overwatch to be a very boring game. When I first heard about it, when I was first seeing stuff about it, I mean, even just the trailers, I was like, this is going to look a very cartoony, generic shooter, and I do I'm not... I'm on board with that, yeah. Yeah, I just do not care to play this. I'll even admit that I begrudgingly bought it. I was even just sitting there in the store, and the guy's like, oh, man, you're going to love it. And I'm like, shut up. No, I'm not. That's I'm, two I'm, things this year. Pokemon Go. I know. I mean, which I you still hated, but yeah. you got it. But yeah. I did get it, and I played it. I gave it the benefit of the doubt. But I, I, I got home, and I was like, all right, well, let's try this stupid little cartoon play thing out and damned me if I ain't wrong, but that game has consumed me. Yeah. It's, it's, Fo- it's completely wonderful. and it's fully wonderful. consumed me. Sorry. Yeah. And here I was talking about like, Oh yeah. Battleborn. It's so good. It's so much, it's so much better than overwatch, blah, blah, blah. And then overwatch came out. I was just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Done. Yeah. So for me and so, Luis, I'm glad Luis put this down because I totally forgot when they announced this at E3. Mm-hmm. But Spider Man yeah. for PS4. Spider Man Two on the GameCube was like one of my favorite games so ever. Good. Who's who didn't love that game? Getting to swing around New York like that uh, was incredible. I was like, uh, what? You can do this in games? And then I was like, oh my god, GTA! Like all these other games like it. I mean, it really introduced the open world to a kid like myself, who I mean, oh mature game. Like you can't play that shit. Right? And it's weird, weird like that. But Spider Man just and by a studio that is renowned, Insomniac Games. Yep. You can only expect good things, and from what they showed, I mean, there were moments where you're like, okay, this is in fo- this is in engine, but is obviously like sort of cinematic. But right. there were moments in it that you're like, this 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 is gameplay. Like you can tell, like this is from a third person perspective. Like that's right. gameplay. And and now with PS4 Pro, and with the PS4 oh. Pro, it looked great in the trailer. I oh, just yeah. I'm wondering how they're going to sort of incorporate all these different villains. Maybe they do it sort of Batman Arkham style, where every villain is sort of in the world, but not necessarily nice. like a definitive. I mean, obviously the Joker in, in uh, Arkham City. Arkham Knight. Or it wasn't really the Joker. Oh, yeah, it was everybody, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was there. But when yeah. The oh, oh yeah, died. yeah, Arkham City, yeah, Arkham City. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just very excited. I don't know what the hell this is going to be. I'm glad Marvel's doubling down and saying, let's fucking do this right. Then none of this spinoff shit, like n- let's take that away from Activision because they fucked it all up. Right. Let's give it to someone who's going to do something great with it and let's see where it goes. I mean, they yeah. saw everything that Batman Arkham did and I hope it does it. So better. I'm taking Spider-Man 2 was also on the 360. I think so. I believe it was. Whatever Spider-Man that was on the 360, which I think came out after Spider-Man 2, like that was one of the few games where I literally, I didn't have to play the game. I, I would just swing around a Spider-Man and do yeah. cool shit. Like I, I do that for hours. Like I'd be content with that. So to see this and this and this, you know, these graphics with the whole new, like, you know, open world city, uh, Yes, please. I don't care if there's a story. <laughs> just let me be Spider-Man. That's all I want. Just let me swing from buildings. Let me, yeah. let me swing. Let me swing. So 2016 brought a lot of really awesome things, but there was also a few token disappointments. A few? A few. I mean, I think there was a few, um, <laughs> and, but they were kind of big. 
the flops this year were real big flops. One one specifically is what was at one point the most anticipated game of 2016 and became <laughs> the most upsetting, disastrous failure of 2016. No Man's Sky. Mm. Yeah, I kind of apologize for that too because I came in like I don't think yeah, any of y'all really knew about it. <laughs> and I mean, I enjoyed the 20 hours I played it. Yeah, but it was just more of like, okay, I really have nothing to do. Let's let's jump into this gameplay loop, and I'm excited that they announced all that cool stuff. It's probably not enough to get me back into it. Yeah, but No Man's Sky, Jesus Christ, that sucked. Like I was thoroughly expecting to at least still be jumping in from time to time. Right, right. Uh, it just kind of sucks that that's what ended up happening. It's supposed to be the second coming of Christ. Wait, uh, yeah. When when, <laughs> when you have that, a major video game corporation that is willing to give you refunds for said game, you fucked up. Yeah. Real bad. Yeah. So I don't know. We probably won't ever know. I mean, I don't think... I mean, No Man's Sky is obviously going to have to say that it was their fault, but they don't want to throw under the bus someone like Sony if it, in fact, was them pushing. Right. I don't want to give anybody the benefit of the doubt, and I'm just going to take everything for what it is, but it was a disappointment regardless and uh, yeah, I'm hoping that they somehow bring it back. I mean, look at Minecraft. It sucked at first, and now it's great. Yeah, true. It's true. Multi-billion-dollar video yeah. game. Yeah. Who knows? We might be talking about freaking the next DLC next year is like we the best be. DLC. Yeah, yeah right. No oh Man's my god, Sky. No Man's Sky. Plays <laughs> Vin Diesel or something. Just like that. <laughs> just like that too. So just like the Weiss was so pumped about No Man's Sky, I feel like you were just as pumped at. About I really the division. was. Uh, I man, let me tell you, I was the one singing the division's praises and. Uh, early on, I did. I had a blast. I had a great time with the division. Got in is you know modern day shooter, really interesting story. Um, got to play with my friends, and then you finish the story and you get into the dark zone, and then you just you're, you you just get shit on. You just get your your head ripped off, and then you just get kicked into a big pile of garbage, and that's what happens. Mm. Yeah, sounds that, lovely. When you get into the dark, it, the, the the leveling. Uh, balancing just was atrocious, and I, I I can remember at one point where me and three other of my friends were playing together, and I thought, surely we can take this, and surely we won't have to worry about these assholes coming in and 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 wrecking us, and and just and ganking us and taking our gear. And sure enough, just one guy versus four people. He's completely geared out, and just man, it. It was a huge disappointment. It mm. was a huge letdown. And I, I mean, I, again, kind of like Louise said, I'm, I'm glad that there's a, a new update coming out with this survival mode. And, you know, my, that might get me back into it again. But it's supposed to be pretty awesome. It's supposed to be very, very cool. And I mean, I, I think before I came here, I started the download for the updates and everything else. But I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. But right. for uh, now, I'm so fucking. It, it was told as like the new genre defining yeah. FPS. Yeah, it was gonna be like the next out. Destiny, yeah. <laughs> right? Right. And Destiny is still being played. Wah, and the division's wah. not so the much being talked not being about. Played. So yeah. on that note, uh, I actually had No Man's Sky because I mean it's just obvious. No Man's Sky just fucking blue balls. Uh, but this one, which I think has kind of been forgotten this year, which I was super pumped for, and I, it was yeah, you were really you were really I was amped like, up for this game. Battleborn or Overwatch? And I was just like you, Dev. And I was like, I don't want Overwatch. It looks like a kid game. You know, yeah. it's going to be so like, uh, what is it, Team Fortressy? Yeah. But even worse than that, looks and all campy and kiddie. Yeah. And I mean, you have 
these really so awesome kind of cool, you know, uh, uh, Borderland type characters in there, and they have a really cool intro and and um, man, just like out of the gate, trying to just start the game, you had to go through this like uh, trial mission that you could not skip at all, and it was just like okay, okay, this might be you know a bad start to this game, and then you know you get into the uh, into the multiplayer and slowly but surely it just kind of started dwindling and and then like i i ended up getting overwatch and i was like okay this game is not as good as i remembered it being and and for that like i'm really i'm really sad because i bought it day one uh didn't you buy like the super deluxe ultra edition no that was was brett (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, I, I got I got the burn of uh, uh, Devin over there with yeah. his, uh, his <laughs> you, know you know my pain. You know my pain. I know that's really sad. I want to get back into it at some point. I'll buy the special edition of the order. Right. Yeah. So, so there it is. Um, so the worst of the worst. The worst of the worst. We have two more categories left, and this one really sets up for our next year. Um, our next year of games to come out. So this is our most anticipated. The most anticipated. The game that we have seen this year, we kind of this is a, this is a split decision between it, it the really, table. It really, I'm happy about this. I don't actually. know why yeah. this would be a split decision. I mean, what is wrong with you people? But, <laughs> I mean, that's all I'm saying. All right, Brett, what are you excited about? Red Dead Redemption Two. Yep. Yep. Number two. I will say, being, I mean, we should have been more deliberate with what most anticipated means because God of War is not coming out next year. Let yeah, be that's yeah. For you real. could also say God of War is going to be most anticipated at the end of. Let's next just say year. most anticipated game that's Which been announced is this year. All right, what? bring us down, Luis. Just bring us down. Well, God of War. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I, I'm very, very on that. Believe me, God of War three just wasn't my cup of tea. One and two were down. awesome. It was just the same, 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 same. But this but number the, four, just the best. we see how four does. Gears of War four and Uncharted four. I mean, this is gonna be four. So. I mean, don't compare Uncharted four to Gears of War four. <laughs> One of them's way better. Anyway. That's true. That's true. That's, true. That's so accurate. I'll give it that. But Red Dead Redemption, dude. Oh, I've been waiting so long for a game like this to finally resurface and and take my breath away. Red Dead. I don't even think there was 150 hours of content in that game, but I played it. I played 150 hours of that game. <laughs> it was so good. I would just like, okay, I have the best guns. Now I need to go get the best horse. All right, I got the best horse. Now I got to go kill like the biggest bear. Like I would just go and do whatever I wanted in the wild, wild west. Go visit Mexico and be like, this isn't what Mexico looks like. <laughs> That's what you think about. <laughs> and then go back to the USA and be like, all right, America. And then, bang, bang, boom, boom. That trailer was just way, it was like the smallest amount that you could show somebody and then get as excited as I did. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I've seen nothing, but I feel like I've seen everything. But my <laughs> hype train is on full rails right now. Yeah, that is a penis joke, by the way. Oh, and there's my also hype train trains. was going woo woo. There's also trains in, in this game, so that's kind of cool too. Oh, you know? okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah nice. trains. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I'm excited to hear more about it. Um, it is definitely coming out next year. I don't remember recent memory. Rockstar delaying a game. If they no. fucking delay this game, I they, swear. They, they are very Death notorious. Threats. They're very notorious for delaying PC versions of their games, though. Oh, fuck PC. Ooh. That's what's up. That's what's up. PS4. Throw down the gauntlet. Oh PS4 Pro. Gosh. Throw down the gauntlet. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, we're dead, too. There are <laughs> plenty of other games out there that Just are definitely worth the table. being... <laughs> 
definitely worth anticipating. Absolutely. God of War, which is one of. Yep. And that is what me and uh, Austin, like from the trailer, is where I was just like, I've, as we said, I've always been a God of War fan. It was my prequel to playing Dark Souls. It's what I cut my teeth on as far as difficulty in games. I was a huge uh, fan of the Greek pantheon of the Greek and Greek mythology, and I've I've read all of it. So I was so excited to play this game. Yes, God of War three was a letdown, but now we're moving on into the Norse pantheon, and we're seeing a completely new Kratos and a son. And this got me at full mast. So this game is what I am most anticipated for. The only other time I remember being so excited about a game is when last year Bethesda announced Fallout 4 coming out next year. Yeah. <laughs> coming out that, that year, I was like, oh my that God. Was pretty cool and too. yes, God of War is going to be much, much further down the road, but still, I right. mean, as far as a game that got me jazzed up again, I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, I've never really seen that kind of experience where they're actually playing the symphony as they're playing the game. Oh, that's and, and incredible. To, to, to even watch that through YouTube, Got my hairs to stand on end, mm-hmm. and and I literally got attached to those characters. Like I felt everything immediately. I was like tearing up by the end of it. I was like, my god, what, what the, a touching yeah. story between a, a father and a son in a way we have never seen in a video game. I at least not to my knowledge. Just from that, and with dragons, yeah. So now this the is moment it. Moment we've oh, all been waiting for the Intergamer 2016 Game of the Year. So let's just squash the bug right now, okay? <laughs> Overwatch is everyone's game of the year. Yep. I have a 1A, 1B situation. I have Uncharted 4 as my 1A and Overwatch as my 1B. And they're both incredible games in their, like, right up their alley. There's very little that you can compare one-to-one between Uncharted 4 and Overwatch. They're completely different games. It's like comparing a card game to, I don't know, Fucking Splinter Cell or something. Right. Uncharted 4 had a lot riding on it. It's a 4. It's not a 1 or a 2 or a 3. It's a 4. Meaning they should have stopped at 3, but they decided to go for 4. And they delivered on every single thing they needed to. From a story perspective, a gameplay perspective, from a visuals perspective, hands down the best game, best looking game of the year, realistic looking game of the year. I still think The Witness's uh, art is, is much nicer. But Uncharted 4 is just a spectacle to behold. Even if you don't play 1, 2, and 3, which I really recommend you do, play Uncharted 4 just so you can say, holy shit, this is a PlayStation 4 slash Xbox One game. Like, this is... Or not Xbox One game, actually. It's only PlayStation 4. Only PlayStation. Um, this is a PlayStation 4 game. This is incredible. Uh, voice acting is incredible. The story wraps up in an incredible way. Uh, and almost across the board, it just nailed it for me. Um I'll remember it till the day I die, probably, and I hope they make a movie out of this entire series because these characters are really compelling and just being a thief or almost like a treasure hunter is pretty incredible. And Tomb Raider sort of brought that to light in the 90s, but Nathan Drake, something about that guy. He's just uh, he's a timeless character. and uh, He's your best friend. He's not really my best friend. <laughs> if he was my best friend, that'd be freaking awesome. <laughs> Soli would be cool, too. Um, but yeah, I was looking forward to this game since I finished Uncharted 3, and uh, I'm glad that I was able to play it, and I really hope Naughty Dog continues to put out stuff like this because this was a great game, even in the small shortcomings that it did have. So the rest of us have Overwatch. Overwatch, yeah. Overwatch. And Overwatch, to me, is game of the year because it came out May 23rd, 
And to this day, I think most of us are still in some form or fashion playing that game oh, on yeah. the regular. Absolutely. Um, it hasn't lost its appeal. It hasn't uh, done what Pokemon Go did. Nope. Um, came in really hard and then just disappeared. It's still doing it up strong. Mm-hmm. They're bringing out new content all the time that's fantastic. The new arcade mode. There's arcade all, the com- mode all the competitive I play. I yet. The arcade mode is it's, very interesting. Yeah, so... Overwatch, Overwatch, man, yeah, we've we're, we're we're still seeing quality content coming out. There's people still playing. There's areas for people to still keep playing. Whether you're someone new or you're the diehard competitive play person who's prestiged three different times. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a level for everybody to play. Uh, there's you know. Still baffles me that we hated this game early on. And, I can't, and now I, look I, at us. I, just, I marvel at it. Like I seriously look back and I think, my God, I hated this game without even really giving it a chance. And I'm so glad, like my friends forced me to get this because I was, ugh, I begrudgingly let that sixty bucks go, and I'm so glad I did. That's hard to make you do. It is hard to make me do. You like the sixty dollars? I do. And then if you're a PC player, we pay what forty dollars? Yeah, but either way, I mean, I would pay sixty for it. PC though, I mean, I could have gotten a hundred games probably. Yeah, that's true. You could have got several generations, several generations for the game. I could have bought three PS4s from what you probably spent on your graphics card. Whatever, whatever, close. So my system of the year goes to PC. Whatever, shut up. Are we done with this yet? Yeah, I think that's it. Crap. Uh, that's some good <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's going to wrap up the show. Yeah. So, Game of thank you guys. It's such a 100 good... episodes. Oh, my God. That is 100. insane. God. So, Devin's here we been are here again. for some. 100 Luis episodes. has been here for some. I have been. Me and Austin been. have been here since the very beginning. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. Right, you haven't missed an episode. I missed one, I think. Yeah, I think you did, didn't you? It's sad. Yeah. You it's beat crazy. me. It's crazy. We put out over 125 hours of content. Holy shit. I, I <laughs> tallied that. 125 hours more than 125 hours of content. Um, so for the new people that are listening to us, thank you so much for giving yeah. us a try. If you have any questions, we would love to hear your feedback. Um, we are doing a survey, and with that survey, we are giving away something as a thank you for those Absolutely. that give us feedback and input. Uh, the limited edition Nintendo 3DS that was on sale Black Friday. And Cyber Monday. And Cyber Monday. We are giving that away for free. So all you have to do is go check out our Facebook page or actually the show notes of this podcast. And there's a link to a Google Doc, Google Form. Fill that out. It's really quick. It'll take you like two minutes. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very short done. survey. Yeah, very, very short. short survey. But there are right and wrong answers, so. There <laughs> are right and wrong answers. Give us tens across the board, please. I'm kidding. Please be honest with the feedback. Yes, we please really be honest with it. the feedback. But yeah, because our goal for the next 100 episodes, if we make it that far, which we for really hope we do, For another 100 episodes. Is we want to make sure that this is the primo podcast yep. for our listeners. Yep. This is the place that they go to. We want to be providing all of you with know. all the, the latest and greatest. Yeah. So for those who have been with us for a very long time and have followed us from the beginning, we sincerely thank you because thank you very very much it wasn't to for all you these guys, fans. It uh you know we we wouldn't we wouldn't be doing this and we've seen a significant we've seen growth consistently from the beginning and that just fills our hearts with joy. Yeah, I just we, thought we were talking to you know space or whatever. Yeah, yeah. no, but the, when, like, when when I see extra shares on our Facebook page, I'm like, all right. 
man, we're doing it. People are out there listening. People are actually listening to what we have to say, and that's great. And thank you guys out there who are liking and sharing and pushing our content out there further. And, you know, this that, that's how we grow. So thank you to everyone who's doing that. Yeah. And to uh, 2017, we have a lot of big things coming out. God, so we do. Stay tuned for that. We'll be um, busy and poor. Busy and poor. <laughs> we'll be busy and poor. Super I'm busy already and poor. poor. Yeah. <laughs> and if you guys stop but, by yeah, on if, uh, December 1st, which is Thursday, we'll have a new website. It's out true. And about. We're going to have our, our it's official launch. inner gamer website. I am stating it now because if I state it, then that means I have to do it and it'll be, <laughs> done, and it'll be there. So December There might 1st. be a few broken links, but who cares? Yeah, there might be a few broken links, but you know, whatever. So we'll have a new website. So we'll have a home that you can come check us out at. It's not just like a series of Facebook Yeah, you can actually leave stuff. comments in one single place instead yeah, of like great. Yeah. scattered in the wind. Well, that's nice. Um, and, and in addition to that... Um, if you'd like to show your support, please head over to our Patreon via Twitter. Uh, you can support us with as little as a dollar a month, and the proceeds go directly to uh, equipment and expansion of our cast so that we can bring you more shows, more content, and more laughs into the coming year. So um, we have a lot of prizes for those Patreons, so thank you. And for anybody who wants to uh, donate, please do. Yeah. So with that, that wraps up episode 100. Yeah, we did it. We did it, everybody. We made it. Can't believe y'all put up with me for that long. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, you're fired. Oh good. All right. All right. I was about about to say thank you for letting us do this podcast with you guys. Yeah, no kidding. Thanks, guys. All right, I'm out too. I'm out. No. No. Who's coming with me? No, thank you guys for being on it. We couldn't done it without y'all. Yes. It's been awesome. It's been fun. It's, it's been a fun it's, adventure. It's like a family now. It it's is. Really yeah. cool. It is. We a like very it. hateful, spiteful, begrudged family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's so so lovely. But uh, with that, my name is Bray Noski. I'm Awesome Morales. I'm Devin Dury. And I'm Luis Gonzalez. And you've been listening to The, the Inner Gamer. Gamer! 100 episodes, 100, 100 episodes, 100, 100 episodes, 100 episodes, 100 episodes, 100 Look at me, I'm tap dancing. You're not really tap dancing. <laughs>
<laughs> Apparently. Just a perpetually Allegedly. uncomfortable face. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. It's funny. All right. 